Welcome to Zikru Daf Siman Rebbe Avram Goldar, and today we're Masechus Nazir Daf Gimel, the first parak Kol Kenuya in Yezeros. So the three times we're going to focus on them. When the Mishnah taught the one who says Hari Alei Shalech Pera, it is upon me to grow tresses, is a Nazir. The Gemara explains that the source that Shiluch means to grow is from the Pasuk Shalachayek parties for moaning. Your growths of hair are like an orchard of pomegranates. The Gemara objects that perhaps it means to remove, meaning to remove long hair, as we find in the Pasuk Boshalech Maim Alpenechutzos and sends water upon the fields. The Gemara answers that the Tanah derives the usage of Shiluch Pera here from its meaning in Yechezkel, where it says. And tresses they shall not grow, which teaches that a cone cannot do a voda unless he has cut his hair within the past 30 days. We see then that shiluch perach means to grow long hair. The Gemara is that even the Pasuk quoted above to prove that shiluch can mean removing, can be understood to mean growth. The That when they water the fruit trees, they grow. The Pasuk would then mean who causes fruit to grow through water on the fields. Point number two, the Mishnah had said that one who says, Hari alaitzi point, an obligation of birds is upon me, Rehmer says he's a Nazar, and the Chomim say he's not. Rehshalakish explains Rehmer's position, that his intent is to grow his hair long, and he alludes to hair by using the word birds, which are mentioned near each other in a Pasuk in Daniel. Rehmer holds, A person would vow in reference to something mentioned nearby the term he intends, and the Chomim disagree. The Rosh adds that Rehshalakish requires that a Nazar is passing by for this declaration to suffice. Rabbi Yochanan says that no time hold that a person references what he means with other words written nearby. Rather, Rehmer's reasoning is the Chayshin Shemet Sipuri Nazir Tame Kibolav. We assume he accepted birds of a Nazir became Tame, meaning he accepted to become a Nazir, which can possibly obligate him to bring two birds if we become Tame. When the Gemara asks that perhaps he's merely accepting to provide a Matsura with the requisite birds for his Tahar process, it answers that we're speaking where a Nazir is passing by, which the Gemara clarifies to mean that a Nazir's Tower is passing by. Otherwise, his intent may be to provide him with the birds for his Karbanas. And point number three, the next mission states, One who says, I'm here by a Nazir from grape seeds or from grape skins or from hair cutting or from Tuma, he is a Nazir, and all the details of Naziris are upon him. The acceptance of one aspect of Naziris subjects him to a full status of Naziris with all its laws. The Gemara says, Our Mishnah does not accord with Rabbi Shimon, who holds, He's not obligating anything until he vows from all of them. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Shimon learns from the superfluous phrase, from grape seeds to grape peels, that one who is detailing his Naziris prohibitions must express all of them for it to be effective. The Rabban hold that the superfluous phrase, he used to abstain from wine and aged wine, teaches that vowing from wine alone is sufficient to affect Naziris. The Gemara will explain what each Tana learns from the other Tana's Pasuk. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah taught that one who says, it is upon me to grow tresses, is a Nazir. The Gemara explains that the source that shiluch means to grow is from the Pasuk Shalachayek parties for moaning. Your growths of hair are like an orchard of pomegranates. The Gemara objects that perhaps it means to remove, meaning to remove long hair, as we find in the Pasuk Boshalech Maim Alpenechutzos and sends water upon the fields. The Gemara answers that the Tana derives the usage of shiluch pera here from its meaning in Yechezkel, where it says, and tresses they shall not grow, which teaches that a cone cannot do a voda unless he has cut his hair within the past 30 days. We see then that shiluch perach means to grow long hair. The Gemara is that even the Pasuk quoted above to prove that shiluch can mean removing, can be understood to mean growth. The That when they water the fruit trees, they grow. The Pasuk would then mean who causes fruit to grow through water on the fields.
Point number two, the Mishnah had said that one who says, Hari Alaitzi point, an obligation of birds is about me. Rebmer says he's a Nazar, and the Chomim say he's not. Rishalakish explains Rebmer's position, that his intent is to grow his hair long, and he alludes to hair by using the word birds, which are mentioned near each other in a Pasuk in Daniel. Rebmer holds, Mat A person would vow in reference to something mentioned nearby the term he intends, and the Chomim disagree. The Rosh adds that Rishalakish requires that a Nazar is passing by for this declaration to suffice. Rabbi Yochanan says that no time hold that a person references what he means with other words written nearby. Rather, Rabbi reasoning is, the chayshin nazir We assume he accepted birds of a nazir became tame, meaning he accepted to become a nazir, which can possibly obligate him to bring two birds if we become tame. When the Gemara asks that perhaps he's merely accepting to provide a matzor with the requisite birds for his tahar process, it answers that we're speaking where a nazir is passing by, which the Gemara clarifies to mean that a nazir is tower is passing by. Otherwise, his intent may be to provide him with the birds for his karbanas. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, One who says, I'm here by a nazir from grape seeds or from grape skins or from hair cutting or from tuma." He is a Nazir, and all the details of Naziris are upon him. The acceptance of one aspect of Naziris subjects him to a full status of Naziris with all its laws. The Gemara says, Our Mishnah does not accord with Rabbi Shimon, who holds, He's not obligating anything until he vows from all of them. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Shimon learns from the superfluous phrase, from grape seeds to grape peels, that one who is detailing his Naziris prohibitions must express all of them for it to be effective. The Rabban hold that the superfluous phrase, yazer, he used to abstain from wine and aged wine, teaches that vowing from wine alone is sufficient to affect Naziris. The Gemara will explain what each Tana learns from the other Tana's Pasuk. Alright, so now we go to our Simradav Gimel, and our standard simon is a Gamal, a camel. So here goes. The man riding the hairy camel, who was inspired by water sent to make fruit trees grow, and said, Hari alai l'shalech para was inspired again by some hairy birds flying by, and said, An obligation of birds is upon me, and then vowed a third time when he passed through a patch of grapeskins. Once again, slow motion. The man riding the hairy camel, hairy camel, that must be warned off, Gimel, Gamal, camel. The man riding the hairy camel, who was inspired by water, sent to make fruit trees grow, and said, Hari Allah para, which reminds us, the Mishnah taught that one who says, Hari Allah para, it is upon me to grow tresses as a nazir. The Gemara explains that the source that the word shiluch means to grow is from the Pasuk Shalachayich Pardis Rimonim. Your growth of hair are like an orchard of pomegranates. The Gemara clarifies that the Pasuk of Mishalech Maim Alpine Chutzos and sends water upon the fields can be understood to mean growth, that when they water the fruit trees, they grow. The Pasuk would then mean who causes fruit to grow through water on the fields. So the man riding the hairy camel who was inspired by water sent to make fruit trees grow and said, Hari Allah para, was inspired again by some hairy birds flying by and said, An obligation of birds is upon me, which reminds us. The mission say that one who says, Hari Allah an obligation of birds is upon me. Rimer says he's a nazan, the Chamim say he's not. Reish explains Rimer's position that his intent is to grow his hair long and he alludes to hair by using the word birds which are mentioned near each other in a Pasuk in Daniel. Rimer holds matbis inish bemidi dasamichle. A person would vow in reference to something mentioned nearby the term he intends. And the Chamim disagree. Rabbi Yochanan has a different reason for Rimer. So the man riding the hairy camel who was inspired by water sent to make fruit trees grow and said, Hari Allah para was inspired again by some hairy birds flying by and said, An obligation of birds is upon me. And then vowed a third time when he passed through a patch 
of grave skins, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, One who says, I'm here by Nazar from grape seeds, or from grape skins, or from hair cutting, or from Tuma, is a Nazar Nazir is a love. He's a Nazir, and all the details of Naziris are upon him. The acceptance of one aspect of Naziris subjects him to a full status of Naziris with all its laws. The Gemara says, Our Mishnah does not accord with Rabbi Shimon who holds, He's not obligated in anything until he vows from all of them. So once again, the man riding the hairy camel who was inspired by water sent to make fruit trees grow and said, was inspired again by some hairy birds flying by and said, an obligation of birds is upon me. And then vowed a third time when he passed through a patch of graveskins. All right, so now it's time for four blah back Hazara. Daf Pei Tes. So the symbol of Daf Pei Tes is a chalm pot. So here goes. The wife who burnt the chalm in the pot, chalm in a pot, that must be on Daf Pei Tes, chalm pot. The wife who burnt the chant in the pot who declared that she'll be a Nazira after divorce, which reminds us that was taught in Bryce and if Ramana or Grusha say that I'm here by a Nazira when I marry and she gets married, where Shmuel says the husband can be Mayfer and Rekiva says he cannot in the reverse case, where a married woman declares she'll be a Nazira after divorce and she gets divorced, where Shmuel does not allow how far and Rekiva does. Rishmo holds the ability of Bafar depends on the time the netter takes effect, whereas Rekiva holds it's determined by her status at the time the netter is declared. So the wife who burnt the chant in the pot who declared that she'll be a Nazira after divorce served it to nine Na'aros whose Nadarim stand, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, Tashin Na'aros Nidren Kayamin, there are nine Na'aros whose Nadarim stand, meaning they cannot be revoked. There are essentially permutations of three types of cases, where she's a Yasoma Bakayavya, an orphan in her father's lifetime, meaning she left her father's domain through a previous marriage of Nisuan, or she's an actual orphan, or she's a Bulgaris. So, the wife who burnt the chant in the pot, who declared that she'll be a Nazira after divorce, served it to nine Na'aros, whose Nadarim stand, and told her upset husband, Conan, that I will not benefit from my father or your father if I do anything for you. Which reminds us, the next mission teaches, if a wife says, Conan, that I will not benefit from my father or your father if I do anything for you, the husband can revoke it. The run explains that since both the nether and the conditioner are either inui nefesh or matters between him and her, he can be made for it, although it has not yet come into effect, since the condition has not been fulfilled. Davtsadi, so the symbol of is a tzedakah box. So here goes. The tzedakah collector, the tzedakah collector, that must be one of Tzadi, tzedakah box. The tzedakah collector took a vow to win halacha before getting married, which reminds us of the incident of a man who vowed not to benefit from anyone if he would marry before winning halacha, referring to Shas Mishnayis, and how Rav Achabar Rav Huna tricked him to think that marrying would not trigger the netter, and he married, which forbade him from benefiting from anyone. Rav Acha then smeared him with dirt to show him his immediate need for other people to launder his clothes and brought him to Rav Chista to annul his netter. So the tzedakah collector took a vow to earn halacha before getting married and went around with his tzedakah box collecting for three women whom he initially believed were divorced, which reminds us, the next mission states, three statements of women were originally believed for them to be divorced and collect their ksuba. Omeris Tameh Anilocha, one who says, I'm defiled to you, which means she had relations with another man and is thereby forbidden to her husband. Shemaim Beinigo Venicho, or heaven is between me and you, which means he's impotent and cannot have children, which no one else knows. But heaven, in the Tula Animin Yehudim, or I'm removed from Jews, which means she made a net of forbidding herself in relations with all Jews, which indicates that relations are very painful for her. Later, the Rabbanan grew concerned that a woman may set her eyes on another man and make these claims to free herself to marry him, so they revised what must be done. 
So the tzedakah collector took a vow in halacha before getting married and went around with a tzedakah box collecting for three women whom he initially believed were divorced, was shocked when he saw the wife who said she had relations with another man still married to her cohen husband and eating truma, which reminds us, the more inquires if a woman claims she had relations with another man but is not believed to forbid herself to her husband as per the rabbi's enactment, can she continue to eat truma if she's married to a cohen? By her own admission, she's forbidden to eat truma, and there would seem no reason not to believe her. Rav Shesha said, She may eat truma so as not to cast aspersions on her children's lineage. If she'll be forbidden in truma, people will believe her claim of being defiled and consider the children born afterwards to be chalalim. Rabbi disagreed because she can eat chulin, and people will simply assume she has no available truma. Daf Tzadi Alf. So the simmer Daf Tzadi Alf is an exit sign. So here goes. The Cohen's wife who was violated and was standing under the exit sign. Exit sign? That must mean we're on Daf Tzadi Alf. Say. The Cohen's wife who was violated and was standing under the exit sign with her ksuba, which reminds us, on the previous Daf, we had the question whether a wife of a Cohen who was violated and thereby forbidden to him collects her ksuba or not. Do we say that since her being violated is equal to a Yisrael's wife committing adultery willingly, in that they both become forbidden to their husbands, so she would lose her ksuba like a Yisrael's wife who is willingly unfaithful? Or can she say that as far as she's concerned, she would be permitted to him since she was violated, and it's only his special status as a Kohen which forbids her to him, so it should be viewed as his bad fortune and no fault of hers. There was all the query from her mission which indicates that she does collect her ksuba. So the Cohen's wife, who was violated, was standing under the exit sign with her ksuba, who overheard her friend say to her husband, you have divorced me, which reminds us. The Gemara asks, if a woman says to her husband, you have divorced me, what is the halakha? Is she believed to marry someone else? Rav Amnuna suggested a resolution of a mission which taught that the woman who claimed to have been defiled is not believed according to the Mishnah's later ruling. That's only because she realized that the husband doesn't know the truth, so she's not afraid to lie to him, but to claim that he divorced her, which he knows about, she should be believed. Because there's an assumption that a woman would not be so brazen-faced to her husband to claim what he knows to be untrue. Rava sought to prove the opposite. So the Cohen's wife, who was violated and was standing under the exit sign with her ksuba, who overheard her friend say to her husband, you have divorced me, almost got knocked down by a man who broke through a weak wall and fled. Which reminds us, Gmore brings an incident of a man who was secluded with someone's wife, and when the husband returned, the man broke through a weak wall and fled. Rava said that we are confident no sin was committed, and he need not divorce her even as a chumrah, because the adulterer would have hidden. Daf base, so the sin for Daf base is a bias, a house. So here goes. The Nazar's in the hairy Nazar house, house. That must be more Daf base, bias, house. The Nazar's in the hairy Nazar house, which had a sign, Nazir, Nazik, Pazir, over the door, which reminds us that the Sekta opens discussing Kinuim of Naziras, such as Nazir, Nazik, Pazir, as well as Yados for Naziras, and explains the reason the Mishnah brings examples of Yados before examples of Kinuim, even though Kinuim were mentioned first, is since Yados are learned from Madrasha, they're especially precious to the Tana. So the Nazir's in the hairy Nazir house, which had a sign with Nazir, Nazik, Pazir, over the door, and overlooked the temple where sotas were disgraced, which reminds us the reason that Nazir is in Seder Nashim, in proximity to the Masechtas of Sota and Gitten, instead of in Kachim, is to say that the cause of a sota's sin was drinking wine, and therefore teaches, Whoever sees a sota in her disgrace should restrain himself through Nazirus from wine. So the Nazirs in the hairy house, which had a sign with Nazirch, Nazik, Upazirch, over the door, and overlooked the temple where sotas were disgraced, often heard people passing by saying, 
Ehe and Ehe Na'eh, which reminds us, the mission teaches that the declarations of Ehe and Ehe Na'eh are effective to make someone a Nazar. And the Gemara explains that the cases were where a Nazar was passing by and the person had a mind to become a Nazar. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff we learned that declarations of Ehe and Ehe Na'eh are effective to make someone a Nazar? That's on Duff. Based on Nazar, good. Number two. Which daf we from here in the Chomim, if one who says Harilaitsuparin, an obligation of birds as a pami, is a Nazar or not? That's on Daf. Gimel and Nazar. Good. Number three. Which daf do we have nine cases where a girl's netter cannot be revoked? That's on Daf. Pay test. Good. Number four. Which daf do we learn that one who says Harilaitsuparin, para, it is upon me to grow tresses, is a nazar, and that l'shalech means to grow. That's on daf. Give him a nazar. Good. Number five. Which daf we have a question whether a wife of a cone who's violated and thereby forbidden to him collects for ksuba or not. That's on daf. Good. Number six. Which daf do we have a three women focus whether a partial comma confirms the entire netter and if a partial afar revokes the entire netter. That's on daf. Pay Zion. Good number seven. Which daft we have If someone who says he is a nazir from one aspect of naziris, such as grapeskins, is he a nazir or not? That's on daf. Give him a nazir. Good number eight. Which daft do we discuss? If a wife says to her husband, you have divorced me, is she believed to marry someone else? That's on daf. Good number nine. Which daft do we discuss? If a woman who claims she had relations with another man, whether she can continue to eat truma if she's married to a Cohen? That's on daf. Tzadik. Good. And number 10. Which stuff do you learn that the Kinuim for Naziras are Nazik, Nazir, and Paziach? And why the Mishnah listed examples of Yados before examples of Kinuim? That's on Daf. Based on Nazir. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramkul Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.